Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, rural ratepayers will go to the polls this fall to pick their representatives on their local rural municipal councils. Making the decision to put your name on the ballot should not be taken lightly. It's not easy, but it can be a rewarding experience, according to the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. In my conversation with Ray Orb, we'll learn about how these rural councils are really the voice for farming communities and why he has stayed involved on his local council for 35 years. There is nothing normal about 2020. Even the commodity markets have reacted differently this summer. Exceed Grain Marketing Senior Analyst Wayne Palmer will explain why the markets have moved upward when they're usually quite still at the start of harvest. He'll also dive into the latest Statistics Canada report that shows Canadian farmers will harvest more wheat, corn for grain, barley and oats this fall compared with last year, but less canola and soybeans. And he'll tell us if those reports are right or wrong. After the break, Ray Orb. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Ray Orb is the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. And we're talking about the important role that RM councils play in rural communities. Ray, first of all, talk to us about your journey into public service. Well, that was a long time ago, actually. Uh, this all started in, uh, in 1985. And at that time, um, you know, councillors were elected in, in the fall, and uh, they didn't actually take over till uh, till January first, till you know, till they had the first meeting of the year. Uh, since then, uh, that's all changed. But uh, I think it was uh, because I was involved in agriculture. Um, there was an agriculture committee in our own rural municipality, the rural municipality of Cupar, which is about you know eighty eighty kilometers uh, northeast of Regina. Um, we. Um, we were farming, and we were. We, I was really interested in the in the ag file a lot, and so uh, I had an opportunity to get on council as a as a counselor. And I, you know, I, I did uh, you know a few terms as counselor, and then I saw the opportunity to become the reeve. So I've been in that position uh, since um, 1995. So um, uh, yeah, I'm busy, and then I got involved. Uh, of course, I was interested in SARM, you know. All those years, but prior prior to that, I just never had the time to do it. So when I started, I started slowing down a bit. Although my wife might argue a bit with me on this one, uh, <laughs> we had a lot of things going on here. We had livestock on our farm. We had uh, grain, you know, grain farming, and you know, our, our children when they were at home. Uh, helped as much as they could but as I got busier I just had to get out of farming actually not farming I haven't farmed since um, 2015 um, so um, I'm still interested in this of course uh, you know the farming economy and all that but um, uh, I got involved in farm SARM sorry in 2004 and then uh, vice president 2010 then 2014 I was elected as the president and uh, yes, it does keep me busy, but I enjoy it. So why is it important to be involved on the local and provincial level? Well, you know, it's a voice. Uh, you know, it's a voice of rural Saskatchewan. Um, that's um, that's something that SARM really believes in. And I think to get that voice across, we have to get the message out there from, you know, the residents, the farmers, uh, you know, the ratepayers that live in the rural areas. 
we have to get that voice heard. And uh, this is getting to be more difficult. It's um, maybe not so much of a problem in Saskatchewan, uh, but it's problem. It's a problem across the country that you know the rural uh, population is is slowly dropping. It's something that we've been we've been battling against. I guess we're trying to encourage people to stay in the rural areas or to move in the rural areas. And the way uh, things are going, not only in Canada, but around the world, you know, people are moving to more of the urban settings. However, with COVID-19, we've probably seen some reversal of that where people want to get out of the big cities. So so that voice is really important. We want to make sure that is heard. And that's what uh, SARM has been trying to do for a long time. So RM councillors and Reeves, are they actively involved in recruiting candidates for council? Because I'm sure there's lots of questions and concerns before people take that big step. What is the greatest fear from people about taking on this kind of responsibility? Well, you know, I, I can tell you we're constantly looking for uh, for new councillors and um you know, I, I will be careful how I phrase this because I'm a person that I have a lot of experience, but I'm not a young man anymore. Okay, so we're looking for um, for people, of course, that are younger that you can you can make a uh, you know quite a quite a career on this. I believe municipal politics is really interested once you get into it. But the people we're trying to sequester now to be council members are usually they're like the busiest people in the community. Some of them are large farmers. They're ambitious farmers. Uh, they know a lot about agriculture. Uh, they don't know so much about municipal politics. But uh, with the training that we provide through SARM and the mentorship, um, you know, we can soon uh, change that. And, and that's what we're trying to do. But, but a lot of these people are busy, and I know that's a problem. You know, sometimes even to, to get to a council meeting, uh, it's a little bit of a task uh, to be able to get people to stop everything. And I can give you one example, you know, during harvest, it's almost impossible. And I can't blame the farmers for doing that because I know that's their livelihood. And I guess that leadership training, and while it's fairly new, it must have had a huge impact on those new councillors. Yeah, you know, it, it does help. And, you know, even um, the mentorship on the council itself, you know, we, we usually have a few more of the experienced councillors there at the same time we, we're getting new councillors on. So that does help. Uh, but, you know, even attending the conventions, well, I should say prior to, you know, the COVID-19, uh, that did happen where people could network and learn more from other people at the conventions and at the district meetings and all the training sessions that we offer. But we're actually looking at developing new programs uh, we've done quite a quite an extensive study on uh, capacity building and uh, looking at some of the things that we need as as councillors and reeves and administrators, you know, to some extent, uh, to be able to, uh, you know, uh, offer the proper governance training, uh, even how to run meetings, how to interact with the public, all of that. Um, it's becoming more important as time goes on. We're, you know, we're all about transparency and accountability, and that's uh, that's something that we're uh, we're out to to get the message across. Ray Orb is the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. Ray, I would imagine there is a lot of mentoring that goes on outside of the boardroom. I will have a chat uh, with anybody. I, you know, I talk to a lot of um, uh, rural people and urban people. I guess as far as that goes, uh, some people do call. 
and they uh, tell me their story and they ask advice and um, definitely I'd be open to that uh, kind of discussion. I, you know, I, I encourage that because I think that uh, that uh, people have to get more involved with their local community and uh, to make sure that we have that representation at council. We all have almost 300 rural municipalities in this province, so we have a lot of council members and we've been you know, criticized by some extent uh, by some, uh, you know, some of the people in this province that we have too many, we actually see it as a strength because although we may not have the population out there, we still have the miles of road, we still have the infrastructure that needs looking after, and uh, you know, it's becoming more of a struggle because we need more funding to keep that infrastructure up. That carries the grain, you know, all the raw resources uh, from from the um, the site where these resources are, are manufactured or, or processed or in the case of agriculture where the agriculture products are grown. So that product has to get to market. So that's why rural councils and reefs are very important. Well, I guess the next question is, Ray, uh, you've been at this for a long time. Will you be seeking re-election for Reef? Yes, I yes, am. I am planning to run again. And uh, I haven't... Uh, actually thought too much about the nomination and we don't have i guess a lot of time it's just a little over a month away month away but um i'll be going out you know and speaking to uh some rate pairs that i usually do uh, it's a four-year term so it's uh you know it's a fair commitment um that's one thing i have received some pushback on is uh, some of the councils thought we were better to stay with the two-year term however um that was a learning curve um, you know, we can't go back again, um, you know, many of the other uh, organizations, um, you know, are obviously in Saskatchewan and across the country have four-year terms. So it's a larger commitment than it was before, that's for sure. But um, I feel I still have a lot to offer. And uh, at this time, uh, during this COVID-19 uh, pandemic, uh, would not be a good time to step down. What do you say to someone that's contemplating running for council, either as a Reeve or a councillor? You talked about the commitment for years, uh, but in all fairness, there is an adjustment period, and it does take some time to get your feet under you when you take on these responsibilities, correct? Yeah, you know, it does. Uh, I would think one term, uh, four years, is, you know, it's a, it's a pretty steep learning curve, and um I think, though, that if, um, you know, people are interested, if they're in that position to learn, I think they will pick it up uh, quite quickly. There is a lot of information out there that's available. Um, and uh, it's it's more easily disseminated now, I think, than it was in the past. Oh, gosh, going back to the time when I was elected, uh, it was all done by mail. Now it's, you know, text, emails. Uh, we have podcasts, things like that, where we can learn from. So uh, I think in that sense, it's a lot easier. But you want people who are willing to ride it out for the entire term, if at all possible? It's a commitment. I know that the four-year is... Uh, is a is a fairly long commitment and i've had some people say to me well if they're interested they might just try it for a year or two and i said i thinking mm, that's not a very good commitment that's maybe something uh, that you shouldn't think about but uh, generally i am quite lucky now i could say i'm lucky that uh, our council we have a pretty young council and uh, they're ambitious they want to learn more about sarm and uh, they have a little advantage because I'm at the table with them, of course. So, you know, I got a lot of questions and sometimes I have to 
you know, provide that advice to them. But there is, as I mentioned, a lot of information that's sent out there. And some of the counselors complain there's too much information. Can you imagine that? It's like overload sometimes. There's so many things to keep track of. But uh, at our conventions, you know, normally, uh, you know, we'd be having a midterm. Of course, that's been canceled. Uh, but we're looking at a virtual, you might have heard this, a virtual uh, convention in March. So that will be a first for us to be able to do this online, you know, and we're not exactly sure how this is going to work out, but we're hoping for the best. All right. So someone decides to run, uh, just walk us through the process. Who can they talk to and where do they go for information? So you can um, you can obtain the nomination papers from your local RMO office. Actually, I think you can you can download them offline to um, government relations. We'll have them on their on their website. Um, you know, and you could speak to, um, if you're interested, you could speak to the administrator or you could speak to one of the council members, um, uh, you know, uh, about uh, about your interest. Uh, probably a good person to talk to is, you know, actually the head of the council. And, uh, you can kind of take it from there. There is information you can read online about this on the government relations website. You can learn uh, some of the ins and outs, you know, of being a, a counselor. And um, that would be kind of your beginning, I think. Uh, good, a good way also is something that I did. I talked to um, a former counselor, and that's actually how um, I got interested in it. I was uh, approached by a former counselor that said, you know, if you're interested, this is something that you should look at. So uh, I think that's a good place to start. Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities President Ray Orb. After the break, commodity analyst Wayne Palmer on the bizarre market conditions of the summer and his skepticism surrounding Statistics Canada crop production numbers. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Wayne Palmer is a senior commodity analyst with Exceed Grain Marketing. Wayne, under normal circumstances, I guess there hasn't been anything normal about this year, but the summer is usually quite predictable, but that hasn't been the case this year. Why has it been such an interesting time for traders? It sure has, and it's uh, all to do, mostly to do with the American corn and soybean belts uh, they've uh, the weatherman has kept on forecasting rain events and unfortunately those rain events have kept on missing the midwest uh, corn and soybean belts and therefore we've had a rally we forced the funds into buying the market commercials to short cover um i'll give you just a comparison here uh soybeans have rallied almost a dollar a bushel from august the 10th uh, corn is up almost 45 cents, and and canola has rallied over $20 a ton, and it's just following suit, Alice, uh, following the soybean oil, which has been very, very strong. It's also rallied 400 points, which is almost unheard of here since August the 12th, which makes uh, the canola margins for the canola crusher just fantastic. So. What he's doing is he's buying the canola seed and the futures, and then he's selling oil and meal as a hedge against it. So farmers have had uh, a great opportunity to sell into this August rally, which uh, historically, if you look back at uh, the, what happens in August, is usually as everybody gets geared up to sell the market and the market goes down in anticipation of, of, of farmer selling. But the many, many, and I call it mini drought, in in the states has caused the funds to buy the market 
and also to have a nice rally, a pre-harvest rally. But I wouldn't get overdone on this. Uh, there's still an, a surplus of grain globally. This has been uh, a rally in August. The, the crops are basically made, but because of commercials being short and funds buying the market, it's probably overdone on the upside. And again, I hate to repeat myself, but a great selling opportunity for undersold producers. And the value of the dollar is always something that I know that you're watching. A strong Canadian dollar may be good for some sectors, but not so much for grain and oilseed markets. The U.S. dollar is trading at levels not seen in two years, uh, and it continues to go down, which is really supportive to the stock market because people are putting money into the stock market and basically selling the U.S. dollar, but has really helped the Canadian dollar. Uh, we're trading at levels not seen in a number of years here, and we're closing in on 70 cents, 77 cents, So, which does make our exports more cumbersome to buy for international buyers and it doesn't look like that uh, Canadian dollar is going to back off anytime soon. Uh, it just looks like the U.S. dollar is going to continue to freefall. Statistics Canada came out with another report on crop production. So what news did that report contain and what kind of weight does it carry on those commodity markets? Just a couple of um, minor uh, uh, things to, to sort of uh, point out and Number one is is that the wheat was uh, just a, a, a more than expected. That's for sure. Total production for this uh, year, Canadian farmers are going to grow uh, about 35 million metric tons of wheat, which is 10 percent over 2019. And unfortunately, wheat values uh, were trading at contract lows about two or three weeks ago because we do have a, gl- a wheat globally, but wheat rallied along with the soybeans and corn in sympathy. But again, we've got way too much wheat, and and Russia and the Black Sea has been selling cheap wheat, cheaper than North American values. So unfortunately, until we get our prices in line, uh, we're going to be stuck with a lot of wheat. The only other factor that uh, that was uh, on the Stats Canada report was that the canola is uh, pegged at 19.4 million metric tons, which is right, almost the same amount that was grown in 2019. But most traders believe that that 19.4 is really undervalued. And most of the traders in their supply and demand reports have got the crop pegged at closer to 20 million and some as high as 20.5. So possibly Stats Canada has undervalued this crop by between 500 and a million tons. So a lot is put into Statistics Canada reports, uh, yet traders and farmers seem to have uh, some difficulty with those numbers and really don't have a lot of faith in that. Uh, Why is that the case? Well, over the past two or three years, Stats Canada has undervalued the crop and then as they come out with their next report on what production was for the initial uh, evaluation, they keep on adding more tons to it, uh, which traders are wondering why can't they get this thing correct right off the bat, and they keep on adding uh, and and increasing the supply side of things. Um, If they would come out with a correct report right off the bat and have the numbers right instead of always uh, reevaluating and adding more tons to it, that makes uh, traders' lives a bit miserable. And uh, and unfortunately, if they keep on doing this going forward, 
uh, they're going to lose a lot more credibility. Exceed Grain Marketing Senior Analyst Wayne Palmer. And now it's time for the weekly Agriculture News Roundup for August 31, 2020. Disappointing but not surprising news for pulse growers. The Government of India announced they would not be extending the reduction of lentil import duties. In early June, India announced a three-month temporary reduction in the customs duty, which helped boost Canadian lentil exports by about 40% in the last crop year. As harvests continued to progress, Saskatchewan's agriculture minister expressed confidence the province's farmers could produce a near-record crop this fall. David Merritt says he expects production to surpass last year's figure. He said timely rains provided the moisture needed to sustain crops during the hot and dry weather this summer. Saskatchewan recorded another impressive month for exports. The July numbers were up 9% compared to last year for a total of $2.53 billion. Major increases year over year were reported in agriculture and food products, up by 55%. Trade Minister Jeremy Harrison says it's encouraging Saskatchewan has what the world needs and is in as good a position as any other jurisdiction in the country. Nationally, exports were down 12.5%. Bungie Limited formed a new partnership with Merit Functional Foods. Bungie will provide a $30 million capital investment in Merit, giving the global ingredient supplier a minority interest in the Canadian-based company. Merit CEO Ryan Bracken said the partnership would move forward the construction of Merit's plant-based protein production facility in Winnipeg, Manitoba, where it will produce novel pea and canola protein ingredients. The union representing workers at the Safina Foods Lilydale Poultry Processing Plant in Calgary called for the immediate closure of the plant following a COVID-19 outbreak. An Alberta health official confirmed there had been 19 cases and 18 of those were considered active. The Calgary facility, which also had an outbreak in April, manufactures fresh chicken products and employs about 450 people. Mazer Group purchased three Saskatchewan farm equipment dealerships. The Brandon Manitoba-based company acquired Yorkton, New Holland, Raymore, New Holland and Watrous, New Holland in a merger that took effect September 1st. That brings the total of Mazer Group dealerships to 19, 14 in Manitoba and 5 in Saskatchewan. And the Board of Directors of Manitoba Ag Days decided to shelve its trade show in 2021. The board stated it did not feel it could safely carry out the indoor farm show due to the pandemic. Roughly 45,000 people converge on Brandon's Keystone Centre to visit over 550 exhibitors and listen to speakers on topics related to crop production. The show was originally slated to run January 19th to 21st. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.